0: Find their written and premium audio content at UTHDynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. Looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I am Chad Parsons. Solo show this week and got some big macro topics on players. Just a little preview of some of the things that you see on a regular basis. Feature player, feature topics for premium podcasts at UTHDynasty.com. If you're interested in almost a premium show every single day of the year on average, go over premium podcasts, uthdynasty.com, where you're going to get all of those with the General Manager Plus subscription. You're going to get to try out the UTH Trade Calculator. Have your best year yet. Uh, You're still closing out this year. You can set the table for the playoffs for matchups, for refining the back end of your roster, which is always key with waiver wire instruction, as well as updated weekly dynasty rankings, trade calculator values. Also, what you're gonna get now that we're moving about a month away from the, from the preview and opening for 2023 startup draft season, and 2023 NFL draft season for prospects. You get the UTH projection model scores, as well as profile analysis for all applicable and draftable players from January all the way through the draft process into May, which is what I call rookie drafting season, where we put our money where our mouth is for our teams. And that really is the most global outside of trading, the most global addition of value to our teams on an annual basis, existing dynasty teams. So let's get started and the first subject here is Josh Jacobs. Discussed a little bit with Jordan McNamara on the Football Guys Dynasty show I encourage everyone to check that out on a weekly basis, but I wanted to go into his career arc and what changes here. Obviously the spike point is week 12 he has the long touchdown in overtime what a classic moment for a monster franchise record setting game and performance for Jacobs where it was a little iffy if he was going to play and if so how much this Week and yet he dominates over 300 total yards, mid 40s to to low 50s in terms of PPR points, depending on your scoring settings. Basically, a monster changing game for your dynasty teams for your lineups this week. Now, Josh Jacobs is an interesting case because what's the what have been the question marks entering 2022? First of all, all the optics in the offseason of Zamir White was drafted. Before that, it was oh, they didn't pick up the fifth year option. And then before even that, it was oh, where's the ceiling? Where's the ceiling of this guy that's been oscillating between low running back one to mid running back two in his career? Where's the ceiling? Where's the big plays? You know, where's the combination of touchdowns and receiving work? Well, it's all Coming together. It's all coming together this year, in a. And frankly, what we forgot and what was overlooked a lot of times is he's in the last year of his deal. If they pick up his fifth year option, he's not in the last year of his deal. So they have. They have incentive to utilize him, to wring out that dish towel, as I like to say, of running backs. He's in his prime. He has been a workhorse profile during his NFL career, even if he was not at Alabama. What's been the product? Running back two this season. And so, looking at, and this is another thing, I have the running back index for every single skill position, and what this looks at is career arc analysis. You can quickly, based on some basic profiles as well as career arc analysis, you can find peers, and this is how some of the generalized and global probability spectrum curves for UTH player value comes from. And looking at Josh Jacobs, here are some of the career arc filters put in, and then I want to get to the interesting results. And these are just some of the features you get at UTH Dynasty with player profiles and with midseason, and especially when we get to end of December, into January, where we reset the clock, look ahead to 2023, and that's where you get to see a static point of player value, a global change. Not that changes aren't happening on a weekly basis, but it's impossible to do a run on every single player that is adjusting by micros on a weekly basis in season there's just a few flashpoints of major adjustment going on so josh jacobs career arc filtering run round one running backs when their peak year is in year four or beyond right now as it sits josh jacobs's peak year is year four in 2022 here we sit running back two clearly his best season and then also looking for multiple top 12 finishes in the first four years let's get to the results first of all, we've got 10 peers that are that fit the, the previous qualifications. The average number of running back one season, so top 12 and adjusted points per game finishes remaining, 3.0. Average. That means some above that, some below. 3.0. The average number of running back two seasons remaining for the 10 peers, 0.7. So top 24 finishes, overall for his peers, 3.7 seasons. He sits at 24 years old. This basically means he's a locked in top 24 guy for the rest of his prime production window, which is usually for a running back through 27, 28 years old, 28 more so if you're an elite player and 27 if you're on the the outer band, the secondary market, uh, as I like to call it in terms of profiling. So 100%, here's the key point, 100% were a hit for at least one more running back one season. So by historical measures, he is a lock for at least one more top 12 season, not specifically in 2023, but in the future. And you would expect it in that prime window between now 24, it's going to be 25 in 2023, and about 28 years old. Finally, last data point here, 8 of 10 had a peak season in year beyond year 4. Peak season. So obviously for him, his peak so far is running back two. The only way to go up is running back one. So, And the other data point is four of eight already had a top four uh, season by this point to attempt uh, to top it for their best finish. So a lot of them already had a top five, top six finish, and still half of those bested it in a future season. So we are really just getting to the meat and potatoes of Josh Jacobs. That he is peaking now in year four but yet we should expect more of this is more likely than more of what we saw year one through three that's the the final big takeaways here first of all he's basically a lock outside of extenuating circumstances do we see something off the field no is he at high risk for that obviously any player could do anything but at present we don't see any big flags in that regard could he be changing teams yes could the Raiders still bring him back Absolutely yes. The other part is, you know, do we see any big reasons? You know, is was he coming into the NFL at 24? No. Do we see any glaring limitations in terms of receiving or goal line? Or he's 197 pounds? No. We see no actual flags. The biggest flag you might want to create is, oh, dude's not fast enough. Well, he was plenty fast on that 80-plus yard run. He's been plenty fast when he gets a runway. But he's also a masher. So again, there's not really any flags here. Oh, is he around for uh, NFL draft pedigree? No, like we don't really have. So we really should have minimal concerns. And one of my biggest things that we brought up on the Dynasty show, and I'll repeat here for uh, just complete completeness, is that Josh Jacobs was one that he was pushed down in three years. His lowest finish was somewhere in the low to mid-teens of, the, uh, of, of adjusted points per game in a season. And yet, he was valued below that at 23, 24 years old in dynasty circles, in the late teens or early 20s of the position. Unbelievable. Leonard Fournette, as Jordan mentioned, was a possible peer of someone that just grossly, in his mid 20s, undervalued at a certain specific point. You have we have to keep our little coyote ears up for situations like this. And so Josh Jacobs was an, is another one that also let's talk about high leverage opportunities because this is one where it's been aligning for Josh Jacobs. They've been improving. First couple weeks of the year, their two worst high leverage opportunities, which combines goal line looks, goal line carries, and targets for the running back position. So uh, Jacobs is one that's had a decent run of these last two, three years of, of Hilo high leverage opportunity score. And then this year, they're number 12 so far through 12 weeks of the season, but they've been growing. He's been growing. This situation has been improving. They've gone from 19th in the opening month of the season to 10th, week five through eight, the next month. This last month, they're fourth, rising, Phoenix, leaning on Jacobs, realizing that it's Devontae Adams, but with all their injuries, no Waller, no Hunter, Hunter Renfro. Let's run through Jacobs. And they're doing that. He's up to the task. He's a workhorse. And they've been rising. They've been top five in Hilo the last three weeks running. So this is the situation. Look at this outlook. This does not look at team situation. He's going to get paid. He's going to be a running back one, if not with the Raiders, somewhere else. He's going to have every opportunity over the next three to four years to consistently put up top 12 production. And this is something That you need to stay patient and open with in the first two, three years when we whine and complain and say there's no ceiling for a player that is just out there churning it out. But yet we want more. We want instant gratification. I call it the microwave society, whether it's in fantasy football, in dynasty, or in life. We want it now. Prime now. Amazon Prime now. Give it to me now. Oh, it's going to be here tomorrow. I want it today. That's a, comedy. That's a comedy segment uh, skit. So, uh, but it applies to Dynasty. We want it right now. A rookie gets off to a slow start. The Odell Beckham factor. Let's start dropping that guy in October because he's hurt. Maybe people did that with Christian Watson. Selling him for a, a naked future second when they spent 201 or 111 on him. Guy's a bust. All of a sudden you miss out. Just because a guy's hurt. Just because he's off to the categorical slow start. You've got to give him latitude. Apparently people thought for three years... Josh Jacobs was off to a slow start. And again, a guiding uh, a guiding factor here is Hilo score. You need to follow it. You need to know it. And very few running backs, I say before, it's Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb are the two running backs that year over year tend to beat their Hilo score and situation because they are that darn good. Kenneth Walker is currently the guy besting His anemic and subpar helo score for the Seahawks. It's horrible. For the beginning of the season, for Rashad Penny, it was horrible before he got hurt. Walker is besting it. Walker is saying, go sit over there. I don't care. Now, we'll see if he does that for more than this year. We'll see if anything changes with Seattle, but it's really hard to beat it. You need to be at least average. You'd love it to be high. Look at Austin Eckler. They are leading the league, and it's not competitively close in targets. That makes life easy on the running back position. And guys like Austin Eckler, guys like Joe Mixon, we saw the spot start from the Samaj P. Ryan. We're seeing Jamal Williams, number one in the NFL in goal line carries, Detroit Lions, a.k.a. Jamal Williams. And that leads to big-time easy production. Denver is another one. Let's look at this last week. Latavius Murray getting there with high leverage opportunities for the year. A team and an offense set up to post good numbers. Same thing with Tampa Bay. Leonard Fournette. You don't have to be great and a game-changing player if you have high leverage opportunities score at your side. So that is a big one that I want to hit. That is one that with running back, you have to pay attention. It is a big number targets are more sustainable than goal line, you'd love to have both. So I also wanted to look at who could be next of the Josh Jacobs, "Eh, they didn't do enough as quick enough microwave society. I have a whole list. I want to give a quick teaser of two or three. I've got about 10 on the list. I'm going to record a premium UTH show this week on the topic. This is more of a look ahead to 2023. But I wanted to give a little preview here. If you've been listening to this show on a weekly basis and based on the the audience and listenership numbers, there are a huge number of listeners that have listened to this free show on and off or on all the way for years that have never subscribed and tried out UTH Dynasty. I encourage you, if you like this show, if you've come back and listened, then try it out. It's a money back guarantee. Even from now until the beginning of January, when we set the table for NFL draft season, you get things like the early release of the UTH rookie big board. When you get the reset to the 2023 offseason for player values in trade calculator, as well as rankings, and you see the detail put into each player's profile and how the numbers, uh, how the sauce, how the gumbo and jambalaya in soup is made, then... If you are displeased, please ask for a refund. There's been a handful of people ever in the history of UTH in eight years to ask for a refund. Satisfied customers, customer support. I still get, by the way, I still get emails from folks periodically that say, wow, didn't know A, my email went directly to you didn't expect you to respond, and B, didn't expect you to respond in such a timely fashion, which is not super common in today's e-commerce society, that it goes to maybe some other country, it gets dispersed through channels, and you never actually get it responded to in a timely fashion to the person you would like it to be responded by. That's me. It's a one-man shop. 99.98% of things you see on the UTH Dynasty site, are directly made, produced, published, edited. I am to blame. I am. I am one to say. I really enjoy this piece of content. It drives through me, both pro and con. <laughs> so, uh, that's what you get. That's what you get from a sole proprietorship entrepreneur, which is what I do with UTH Dynasty. It's my love. It's my passion. When I started it in 2014, I committed to every single day it being a central point of my focus and attention to become a better Dynasty GM myself, become a better analyst, become a better communicator, become a better writer, ranker, and everything so that I can distill that down into the need-to-know information for you as well. Okay, let's get back to it. Based on high-leverage opportunities this year in general for these teams, and again, I've got a list of about 10 guys, here are just two or three, little tidbit, little preview here, and I'm going to go through one um in depth on this show. So one I wanted to say already, which is Kenneth Walker, that it probably isn't going to happen in January, February of 2023 of oh, he's so cheap. But let's keep it in perspective. Right now he's running back 17 in points per game. He's rising and he has a lot of appeal. Some people might have him as high as, you know, top three or four dynasty running backs. I get it. He's young and he's producing right away. Rashad Penny's a free agent. Walker is expected now to have a clear run of that Seattle job. But I will say this. What if he gets hurt? What if Seattle, they've not been optimized. They're number 31 in Hilo on the season. And we'll, let's see what happens is all I'll say. It's probably not going to be in 2023. But let's just keep an eye on this. Does Walker not get all the way home? Is he finished running back 16 this year? Next year, he doesn't take the massive step forward. It's easy to say in 12, 18 months, 24 months he is on the josh jacobs track of he hasn't gotten all the way home and all of a sudden now he's running back 15 18 22 i know it sounds crazy right now let's just keep an eye on this he's a monitor player i don't think it's for 2023 but he could be there one more preview player and then my feature player here i'm going to say miles sanders he's running back 18 this year he's had four years including this one his previous high before this year is running back 21. He had that twice. He's had running back 18. We'll see where he finishes this year. Point is, this is very Josh Jacobs-like. He hasn't gotten home. He's a strong talent. The situation has not been good. We expected him to be optimized and to just run rough shot as a receiver. With some of the flashes we've seen, like let's look back at Josh Jacobs as a receiver in college. Big time, right? We still haven't really seen him optimized in that way in the NFL. Miles Sanders, we've seen it in flashes in the NFL. And the Eagles, they are number 28 in the NFL overall in Hilo. They're number 30 in running back targets. A year ago, 17th. Year before that, 24th. Past three years, they have not helped out running back at all. They've been in running back targets 19th, 18th, and this year 30th. And they've also brought in Kenneth Gainwell. For two of these seasons, so they brought in a receiving centric guy. So for Miles Sanders, he might be the closest case here. For a, who is not being optimized. B, we have not seen the ceiling. C, we have kind of seen different aspects of. If he puts it all together, it could be big. He's still in his prime, and he's a free agent. He could be freed from the Eagles' situation that frankly has held him back in these committees and has not put the flashes together. If he goes to a place with a mobile quarterback not taking away his opportunities and not a dead set, red eye, take away receiving opportunities Kenneth Gainwell over two seasons, let's see what we have for Miles Sanders. So he's another one that I would say, if we squint and we're looking for Josh Jacobs, I think that's one of those names. Again, I've got a few more. That's gonna, those are going to be featured in shows for UTH Premium. Here's the last player that I wanted to feature this week in this discussion. Alexander Madison. And this is more of the, you know, could we see him? Obviously, he hasn't been optimized. A big reason for that is sitting here and being a backup, largely, categorically, to Dalvin Cook. So he's been a backup. He's been in the James Conner, just put him on ice. Now, James Conner got the... Le'Veon Bell hold out into being out all the way from the Steelers. And that happened during and midway through his rookie contract as a later day, day two pick. Alexander Madison did not get that benefit. He's been sitting, this is year four. All four years, he's been injury away. And he's been one where we just keep waiting, keep waiting. We get sporadic workhorse roles and profiles out of him for these random weeks we have not gotten a half a season run we have not gotten a Le'Veon bell you're gone forever situation and now madison who had trade interest at the nfl deadline is now a slated free agent after four years could he be tagged could he be brought back all these things are in play but he could also just walk depending on what the Vikings want to do. The Vikings have interesting backups in Kenny wong and Ty Chandler under rookie contracts. If they like at least one of them, they should not bring back Alexander Madison because Dalvin Cook, big money. They probably want to save a few bucks. And this is for your backup. They've gotten four years of good backup work, yeoman's work, out of Alexander Madison. Now it's time to try to get that out of Chandler, and or Wangwu. So here we go. Here's the assumptions I made for Madison, and let's look at the running back index. 210 plus pounds, because he's 220 plus, I wanted to look at prototypical guys with no size issues. No top 24 finishes through the first four years. Madison has popped here and there, but he has not come relatively close to top 24. An actual fantasy starter collaborative finish for the season. Day two pedigree, round two and three guys. Guys that you expect to stick around a little bit, guys with requisite talent that aren't going to get squashed out after three, four, five years. Also, I wanted to assume six plus years in the NFL. I wanted to decrease washouts in that year five, which Madison, you would think, is going to get probably a multi year deal, whether it's with the Vikings or otherwise. And again, I want guys that have at least two more years in the NFL for those year four flameouts that really just did not hold any at all. And basically those rookie contracts led to a one-year flimsy deal. Madison had trade interest, and you would think he's going to have some free agent interest of, of, of other teams thinking he can be a lead starter. So doing all that, we have 12 peers in the running back index dating back to the 1990s. All right, and the 12 peers, here are the outcomes, the spectrum, if you will canvas one running back one future outcome season for for a player for one player of the 12 a top 12 finish so that's about eight percent nine percent not great not great when you're talking ceiling next three running back two outcomes top 24 not top 12 so now we're up to about a third of the outcomes are top 24 depending on what your take is on alexander madison that could be viewed as good or bad Then we had four running back three outcomes, so running back 25 through 36. That's a meaty middle right there. Now, that's better than we've seen for Madison so far, so far as peak is running back 41. So that would be better. That would be more spot starts in the season, or that would be the starter, but missing significant time, maybe working your way devolving into a committee. That could be in play as well. Then finally, four, a third of the outcomes are busts where the peaks are running back 55 or lower. So a third of the time, you're getting basically what we've had, which is injury away, lesser side of a committee, a spot start or two or three in a season, but not enough to really propel them on a point-per-game basis. Those are the outcomes of, I'm not going to say death, but more of the same, and we'll, we'll look around saying, what are we doing here? The one recent example I remember of just miring, miring, and we're just, we keep waiting is Toby Gerhardt. He was behind Adrian Peterson, never really got a shot through four years. He played two more years. He got a good contract from Jacksonville, and it just did not turn out to anything. And after year six, two years later, he was out of the NFL. So again, I know, here's the thing. You should know in year five, And it sounds obvious. This is an obvious report. But a lot of the, almost every one, I'm looking right here, every one of the top 36 outcomes, every one of the top 24 outcomes, and the top 12 outcome all came in year five. So this is huge. A massive career-changing career arc for Alexander Madison in the offseason. Again, it's pretty much split. Top 24, which means you're probably going to get a good chunk of the season, if not more than that, of allegiance, contract-wise, usage, a third of the time here historically for Madison, worth of peers, top 24. Top 24 of something in the middle, some form of committee, maybe misses a bunch of time, whatever, whatever, in running back three land, and then a third of the time bust. So I still think, based on him being valued like a late second or a third-round rookie pick, I think that that spectrum is a positive look at what's ahead for Madison. If you have him, you've been holding him. If you've been listening to UTH, like me, I, I've had Madison largely since he. I drafted him as a rookie, late second round, third round. I still have a 30-minute podcast somewhere in the deep UTH annals of uh, recording 30-something minutes on how I tried to trade up for days or it was the most stressful rookie draft period of my life. He fell to me at 304, 305 or something in that that year. So I've been in on Madison since the beginning, waiting, waiting, I've got some spot starts, just a hand grenade of upside potential to drop a bomb on my on my lineups. So I'm here, I'm in for it. And haven't even thought about really trading him away. Because if you're telling me there's a 33% chance that he's a running back, uh, top 24 guy in the future, you don't trade that away for 210 or 305. You just don't do it. All right, so again, more players to discuss in the Miles Sanders, Alexander Madison, uh, Kenneth Walker in the future, possibly, zone. More players to come. Check out UTH Premium for those players. Final subject that I wanted to bring up is Christian Watson. I want to do a quick dive on his career start. I want to give a shout-out to Pro Football Reference. Uh, They have a new feature. It is subscription-based. It is called StatHead. If you want to do a lot of the scrubbing, uh, they do a lot of stuff. Like if you want to look at players in their first four games or first three seasons. or They have so much cool filtering that they've added to. they brushed it up, and they've made it very user-friendly for geeky guys like myself or Adam Harstad or others that really like to dive into things like this, where you look at career starts, you can mix and match, and it can do a lot more granular stuff. So Christian Watson, career start. How do things look? I wanted so a similar dive to what I was just talking about, but it can be more granular. Rounds one through three for Christian Watson, and I looked at five plus touchdowns in the first nine career games, which is where he sits. Nine games. I know, you know, a lot of people say it's over the last four, five, six games, but he has played nine games. He played a little bit earlier in the season. At least six foot or taller. I didn't want to have the five ten guys, the the Actual subsized options in there just because I do think that that pigeonholes them into a different spectrum of usage outcomes, uh, etc. So I looked at those three things that all and, and that and it's since uh year 2000. So there's a lot of options here and I wanted to distill it down. Now, the interesting part is I looked for the closest peers, so I'm going to rattle off a lot of the peers here and it's it's a who's who of good stuff. First of all, you got Watson, you got Jamar Chase in in reverse. Order: Jamar Chase, uh, Chase Claypool, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, Jordan Matthews, Sammy Watkins, AJ Green, Des Bryant, Roy Williams, Deontay Stallworth, and Andre Johnson. Uh, Andre Johnson, Andre Davis, the lesser known Andre. All right. So here's here's one thing: no one on that list has done what he did with the touchdown part in on fewer catches. So this is a true big play maven scenario. Next, I looked for who are the absolute closest peers. So I looked for non-round one. Watson was not that. You could say he's close, but he wasn't there. The other part is let's eliminate guys that had some questions in terms of in terms of maybe athleticism, looking at you, Kelvin Benjamin, Michael Thomas, definitely didn't have this sort of oozing uh, athletic physical type upside when you look at athleticism and movement. Uh, and again, eliminating round one guys. So the, the three I came up with that are the closest peers here, we got DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and Chase Claypool. The interesting part is all three of them compared to their physical Profile entering the NFL had lesser production. They were all to some varying degree on the boom-bust scale, which Christian Watson was and is as a prospect. The interesting part is we see DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin as hits. Metcalf more than McLaurin when you look at ceiling, dynasty value, all that stuff. And then Chase Claypool would be on the, the latter end of, ooh, that's this profile gone wrong. That is hot start. Chase Claypool, if you look back, had those uh, uh, two or three big games during his rookie season. And he had, I think that was the three-touchdown game, four-touchdown game, I don't know. Uh, But large part might have been based on that one game, based on this career start. So he is the uh, profile gone wrong, or comp gone wrong here. McLaurin and DK Metcalf are the comps gone right. So if you just look at those three, but the global list here, first of all, it's not common for non-first-rounders. That's the first takeaway. The second takeaway is, of these three, if you say McLaurin is a middle case outcome, it's pretty darn good. He's put together some top 24 seasons uh, you know, and, and been pretty darn consistent in terms of utility, stabilizing the profile during his rookie contract. You can quibble about what the upside is. You can quibble if he is truly a number one alpha or if he's a number two. But the point is, good, stabilizing profile. DK Metcalf, obviously, more upside than that. Chase Claypool has been a flash and dash player that has not come through. Again, this is very small sampling, but generally, what is this? A good list, generally first-rounders. Watson was on the the verge of that. He He has more draft pedigree than guys like Chase Claypool, more than McLaurin, more than DK Metcalf. So you could say he's maybe on the higher end, if not the top of that list. So oozing potential. This is a positive view. And I think it starts to auto-correct some of that boom-bust nature of his profile. You see the big speed. Uh, One one data point from this past week is, for this year, only Tyreek Hill has more plays of high-end max speed this year than Christian Watson. And Watson has sparsely played compared to Tyreek Hill and compared to most other NFL wide receivers with decent usage. He has just not played. Number of routes, number of targets, number of catches, and number of games played, especially to completion. He's had some partials, some very limited partials that are still counting as part of the nine games. If I made that six or seven games, four or five plus touchdowns, I bet we see this list refined even more and it probably looks even more rosy. All right, so that's the last look here. Three big topics, like I mentioned at the top of the show, talking about Josh Jacobs, also then going into Hilo, high leverage opportunity score, what players could fit that mold. And then finally, Here, looking at Christian Watson, his career start, and what that means for the future. Finally, let's mention the UTH Best Ball Contest, fueled and hosted by MyFantasyLeague.com. Shout out to Week 12, taking down the contest with the weekly number one finish, Donald Morris. Big week for him, 269 points, and he's getting it done with consistency. But you know what? It's hard to take down matchups if you're going against this guy in week 12 and a big contest that's best ball like this without him, which is Josh Jacobs. He had him in his 55 points. He also had a good game, a rare touchdown, and almost 90 total yards out of A.J. Dillon. Brian Robinson, big game hunting, just good Uh, quarterback production from his combo of Tom Brady and Derek Carr. He went with a shallow roster, so he got the perfect storm outcome. Not much production on his bench, but also got a bunch of catches from Hayden Hurst. Good stuff there for Donald. Congratulations, Donald. And the f- final tally here through 12 weeks, still about a month ago, we got Joe Baird at the top, Max, Rod, and Mike up in the top four. Like I said, there's starting to be some separation. Joe and Max, they are starting to create 100 plus points. And at this point, it is going to be tough to catch them. The top uh, analyst or expert is Jordan McNamara overtaking Katie Flower. Uh, he's up into the top 15 to 20, hasn't been a great analyst and expert of UTH season so far uh, between Tim Torch, Katie Flower, Jordan McNamara, and myself, but still got some time to go. And you know what? Regression to the mean a little bit for all four of us at this point. So shout out to everyone for participating. Just my way of having a prize pool here, uh, going through my fantasy league, and being able to give back to some of the super fans out there in this annual salary cap team building best ball contest and exercise thanks to everyone for listening this week katie flower will be back in the co-host chair next week we'll be talking, talking some tight ends we'll also probably be talking about the dynasty playoffs in front of us as we finish out the regular season over the next couple of weeks reminder if you want to support this show you get to hear straight through no ads talking only about uth and if you want to support it, Tim Torch and I do a weekly waiver show, high-value content there over at uh, Patreon.com/UTH. Also. If you hear me, uh, you want to hear the backstory on a lot of my studies, a lot of the content before the content, you get those backstories, you get that sidebar content, and and deep dive into some of my studies over at patreon.com UTH. It's an easy way to support the show, get more exclusive Dynasty content, audio and written-wise. And again, premium podcast, you're not going to want to miss it over there at uthdynasty.com. Thanks so much on a weekly basis. You can follow Katie at... At ff underscore Skyler 399 i am chad parsons nfl until next time good luck in your week 13 matchups never settle refuse to be average and keep building those titles.